Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Today, I wanna talk all things ATS. Why? Because there are a ton of misconceptions about what an ATS is, how it's tripping you up, why it's rejecting you, and even how to utilize it to get the job. So let's dive in because this is a hot topic. When I started my career coaching, I started hearing about ATS hardcore. You know, help me get past the ATS. Is your is your resume ATS compliant? You know, uh, there is a misconception out there, by the way, that ATS is complicated. And today I'm busting that myth because you as the job seeker should not be freaked out by an ATS. So let's start at the ground zero. What the heck is an ATS? ATS is an applicant tracking system. Think of it as like a repository for resumes, but it does a little bit more. It's a little slicker than that. Um, I honestly think of it as like an ERP, uh, a place where it's easy to manage the movement of resumes through a process. But there are a little more pieces to this puzzle and I wanna go through this because I have heard for years fear mongering around the ATS, these applicant tracking systems. The fact that they're new, but they're not new. They've been around since the 90s, y'all. When boy bands came around, they brought with them the ATS. Okay, maybe not. I highly doubt the two were related, but it is interesting that the ATS systems, applicant tracking systems, have been around as long as, I don't know, New Kids on the Block, because it was around 91 when both uh, hit the scene. And there's this fear that these systems, these applicant tracking systems, are kicking you out for the wrong reasons. And yeah, they could be, but I wanna bust those myths because this should not be complicated. And this should not be something that someone is scaring you into thinking that you need to invest in this highly technical process. I want you to remember one thing, if nothing else. If someone tells you that something is complicated and that it's something that you don't need to understand, that they've got you taken care of, run away immediately (laughs) because you should be able to understand anything, anything on this planet. And the ATS is no different. So I want to bust some myths about this. So first and foremost, like I said, it is to track your resume that you submit. Now, what are some best practices about this system? Well, the best practices are no matter how long this system has been around, when it first came out, it really couldn't read Jack. 
<laughs> it was like the internet, right? Do you remember internet when the internet first came out and it was dial up and you heard all of this static and then you joined the internet? It, it felt very like ceremonial or something like that. I think I made that word up. And that was an applicant tracking system, slow, lots of bugs, lots of problems. Well, over the years, the bugs in the ATS have been worked out, but the people that use the ATS, not so much. So as much as we want to blame systems, sometimes we need to blame the process behind the system because that's usually what's broken, not so much the system itself. So back to best practices. What I want to talk about is if you get a rejection as soon as you apply, because I know this happens, you automatically want to blame your resume. But guess what? It's probably not your resume that rejected you that fast. It is most likely the application, the forms that you were filling out that rejected you that fast. Did you know that? So all this time, if you were sitting there thinking, I need to reformat my resume, I need to make sure that there aren't tables, don't put a table in there, it can't read that. But I, I need to make sure that there aren't certain things in there. It's like you're playing the shell game, right? You're moving something around, but it's not changing anything. So here is step one. When you actually upload your resume, to an application. Most likely there is some sort of form that you are filling out. Thoroughly fill out that form. Take pieces and parts of your resume and put it in that form. Copy and paste is your friend here. The reason you want to do this, if you are skipping questions over there, if you're not fully filling this out, most likely that ATS is using that form to decide if you move to the next level. So if you get a rejection early on, it's most likely the form part and not your actual resume, right? Oh my gosh, such a relief. So now you know that you don't need to be doing something on that resume at that stage if you get that early rejection. It is the form. Make sure that you're fully filling out those forms and you are ready with great answers. Now in my course, Market Me, we actually walk through how to answer a lot of those questions that are a little bit richer than that resume because we wanna make sure that you're getting to that interview stage and that form matters very, very much so. So now let's move on to other things. I know you designers out there, I've worked with many designers. I've worked with many people that wanna stand out creatively. The resume is not a place that you want to do this. If you are using crazy fonts, if you have a picture on your resume, if you are doing something fun where you're like, I wanna use a little emoji to say you know, different things or maybe the logo of a system that I know. Well, guess what? The ATS cannot read that. It will just skim right over it. It can't read it. Now, it's not going to necessarily reject it for having it on there, but you're not going to win friends and influence people. It's not going to see that you know a certain, you know, let's say you use the SAP logo. It is not going to know that you know SAP. It's going to assume that you don't because it cannot read a logo. So, Crazy fonts, um, I'm a huge fan of 
you know, anything that's sans. Sans means taking out or lack of. So anything that is sans means it's taking the curliness out of the, you know, the curly cue, the, the beautiful font. It's taking that out and it's actually making it pretty straight and easy to read. You want your resume to be easy to read, not only for systems, but when it's in front of someone, they're going to spend about six seconds on that document. And a font that's hard to read is going to slow them down. And those six seconds are going to be spent on fewer pieces of real estate on that document. So having a very simple font that has no curves, curls, all of that. I'm a huge fan of Calibri. Calibri is my my go-to because it looks very professional and yet it's also um, really pretty, you know, without without having too many curls in it. Next up, let's talk about synonyms. So on the job description, you wanna make sure that not only are you talking about a word you're using that keyword because I wanna talk about keywords. Keywords are important, but I want you to make sure that you're not just putting the word in there to put it in there. It's gotta make sense. So in your bullets, you need to use not only that word, but make sure you're using synonyms. So if a job description says something about project management, think about all the different things about project management and how you can use synonyms around that multitasking um, you know anything like that communication any of those types of words think about synonyms and how you can use that throughout the document because they're not just looking for a keyword they're looking for a full sentence and how you utilize that skill so comb the job description and make sure that you are looking at words and there's brothers and sisters, also known as synonyms, in that document. It is key. But I also want to talk about something that is incredibly important. Your bullets. Those bullets need to be well written. It is not a list of tasks. It is a list of cause and effect. You need to make sure that your resume richly and robustly talks about the value that you bring to the job, not just the tasks you do. You are not yourself a job description. You are talking about a thing that you did and the value you brought to it. Did you save time? Did you save money? Did you increase revenue? Did you grow a team? Did you grow significantly a base of customers? You need to share that effect. So it's not just about the task, it's about the effect. I call it your secret sauce. Those are the types of things that are gonna get you through an ATS. So let's review quickly. An ATS is an applicant tracking system. It's been around since the 90s, so it's not new technology. It's improved over time. And if you're getting early rejections, it's because you're not filling out your forms attached to those ATS, attached to those jobs thoroughly. Fill out the form thoroughly and make sure that you have great information in there. Also, images, weird fonts, they're not going to work in your favor. If you have something on your document that is not text, it will not be read. It will not be picked up. 
Synonyms are your friend. Don't use a word one time. Look at all of its brothers and sisters, also known as synonyms, all over that document. And do not forget to have cause and effect bullets. Now go out there, apply, apply, apply. And if you get rejections, think about this, come back to this, reference this. And I cannot wait for you to apply and land the job of your dreams. Did you love what you heard today? And you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.